The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our show and for being an intentional spirit. Um, just so delighted and grateful that you're here with us. We have been just really blessed with some amazing people, and boy, do I have an on-fire uh, guest for you today. Um, she is a powerhouse, and she is teaching us how to attune to the call of our soul Corinne Holt, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, Temple. It's a thrill to be here and to share this heart space with you. Well, tell us about yourself. Give our audience a little background on you. And um, most of us didn't start out early in our life in a mystery school. So tell us about you. And and I agree with that. So um, I came in as an artist and a family of scientists and math people. So a very linear family. And um, so I really had to find my way with um, my artistry kind of on my own and plow through all the kind of um, practical-minded objections that I had formed along the way. And so I I did end up going to art school and um, was a graphic designer for almost 20 years and was a creative director and, you know, started in on creating websites uh, in the 90s when that was I worked downtown Chicago. Anyway, doing the whole art thing as a professional. And then uh, after uh, uh, 9-11, I really was called to shift to creative solutions for life. I didn't know at the time that that was called life coaching. I thought I was making it up. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And and then I met some life coaches shortly after and realized, oh, it's a profession. Now, this is like back in 2002. Not a lot of people necessarily knew about life coaches at the time. So I uh, ended up getting certified from the Coaches Training Institute, and right after that uh, was moved to Atlanta to start a coaching division of a training company, and that launched 14 years into um, life coaching, executive coaching, um, entrepreneurial coaching, um, in many different industries. So I, when I did that for that 14 year, I didn't really do the arts. I kind of left that behind. So when I came to 2014, was ending a chapter of working with inner city youth, I uh, came to a point where, what now? Where do I go from here? And the you know sole guidance was to, to now integrate all of it, to bring in the art, and then the art of the well-being and healing and use the art for that purpose. Well, I've actually experienced you up close and personal, and um, there's an energy that you hold um, throughout all the people that are attending that I I find that there's there's an underneath attunement going on. Are you consciously focusing on that? Or is it just something that organically occurs because of the work that you're doing? Well, I think being an artist, um, and I just came in to do this work. You know, I, I knew from an early age that I was different. <laughs> Not better nor worse, but just different than my surroundings. And I just was very tuned in to, you know, the voice of nature and animals and, you know, just very highly sensitive to emotions and energies and people's feelings. And I, I just had a natural nurturing way about me. And so that was kind of the foundation for everything I did. And through the years, as I've been tuned in to my heart, I've just 
more and more it, it starts to burn away the resistance of the mind. And then that, you know, then, oh, and then it's a very slow process. But over the years, you, you realize, oh, there, there is an inner calm here that it feels really good. And it creates trust, or it is trust. And then that is, you know, then that opens the door to flow, and flow opens the door to creativity and harmony and, you know, all kinds of wonderful things. And so then my guidance was, okay, well, let's not just, I'm an introvert now. naturally, I tend to be introverted, but it was like, no, no, take this out and share some of this, right? Get out of the comfort zone. And that's where the mind did kick in, you know, for me, as far as, you know, this next journey. And uh, and then so there was like a three-year negotiation that went on between my heart and my mind, and heart won, thank goodness. Um, Corinne, let's elaborate a little bit on you knew you were different, um, and not only for one another, but also for people that are listening today. So... You knew you were different, and you could feel it, and and you could just feel that in your in your being. Um, let's let's talk about instead of that being broad. What what was showing up in your life that made you feel different? Because I know because of who you are, and I know because of who I am, that we attract a lot of light workers and healers and and shamanic practitioners and those kind of things. And what did different look like for Corinne? Mm. Well, I could, you know, I could see the light around people or okay. the light around people. So, you know, some people call that aura and some people, scientists would call that the electromagnetic field. I like to call it your, your, your personal atmosphere, right? And it changes okay. like weather. And, uh, you know, I could see that. And I, I just knew stuff. Like, I kind of knew how things would end up, you know, whether it was with family situations or with school or what would have you. It would just have an inner knowing. And, um, and then a lot of, most of the time it ended up being right. You know, I certainly don't see myself as being prophetic or anything, but just in, in daily life, just had a sense of knowing, oh, that, that's going to be okay, you know. Um, someone goes in the hospital, you know, certainly the concern, but I could feel, oh, no, this is going to be okay. They're going to they're gonna get well again, you know, just that kind of knowing. Um, how else was I different? Um, just in so many ways, it's like I felt a connection with my soul, and so often mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that word, it makes some people uncomfortable, like, mm, okay, she's getting a little weird on us now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be funny if at the in the workspace, you know, we could at the water cooler we could say, "So, what's the update from your soul today?" You know. Oh yes. Would that be Ab- fun? Ab- yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's why I knew it would be powerful for um, for you to define it. And I want to welcome all of our Facebook live friends and. And apologize on behalf of internet connection for whatever reason it wasn't us, but it it just kept cutting us out. So thank you for staying the game. And um, Corinne, we're welcoming people from all over the world, and we're also welcoming our friend Elizabeth, who is also from all over the world. I didn't mean to make her sound separate. Um, she's joining us from Norway. So we have a lot of people. We urge you to ask questions. We ask you to make comments because we want to um, engage you in any way that, that we can. Well, one of the things that I that I noticed uh, when I would be identifying, you know, growing up as a child about being different is that, like you said, there was, there was, I could go into a room and I could sense, you know, that things felt off or they felt on or they didn't feel right, you know, and there, it would be, um, it could be a class, it could be my parents, you know, or whatever, but it felt like I could see, oh, there's a lack of truth here, or mm-hmm. something doesn't feel quite right, or I could hear people talking, I could hear them talking, but what they were talking and what they were being 
were two different things. So mm-hmm. I could intuitively feel that they weren't telling the truth. Now, as a child, and for years, I thought they just don't want to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. As I've lived and deepened, I understand that often that core level of truth, which is why I love your work about a purpose-driven soul path, is that for years, you know, then I then I got, it's not that a lot of times people intentionally don't tell the truth. It's that it's so layered, they don't even know they're not telling the truth. You understand it's not a, it's not a, it's a, it's a thing. But I noticed that, and then I noticed deeply when someone had a lack of energy about them, a lack of energy in their life and their being and their physical essence. And I could read through that usually, you know, pretty quickly. So thank you for letting me share that aspect. But I know that a lot of times people say, well, I just felt different. But I think in us defining it, other people out there go, I felt like that exactly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that it can feel really alone. I mean, I did experience that where I felt I didn't feel understood or I felt like um, some of the things I said wasn't received very well. And then yes. there was the rejection, you know, and that didn't feel good when you're real young. At one point I talked about pa- knowing about past lives and that really got <laughs> <laughs> an awkward glance, uh, I could say it best. And and so I just learned very quickly to keep these things to myself. And then, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, the feeling of aloneness, of being mm-hmm. different, and having to, uh, feeling like you had to kind of hide part of yourself. And, um, and that, but, you know, that also, um, that is a guide point for us to go deeper into ourselves and see what's really true. You know, and uh, you know, I would say, am I really alone? You know, is it true that I'm alone, or, or and then is it true that oh, being alone is all that bad? And then I realize, well, I'm an introvert. I love to be alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I, I, I love the fact that in making a, a, a like a distinction between there's a big difference between being alone. I, I feel alone a lot. I need to be alone for my teacher archetype to be intact and to be coming from a healthy place. And there's a big difference between being alone, which is, is part of an invitation for expansiveness versus being lonely. And, and I used to, you know, early on make those two that they were kind of the same and they're not. They're two very different kind of parts of a, of a path. Uh, I love what you say on the homepage of your website um, is that, and we're uh, tuning into attune to love.com attune to love.com. Cause I know all of you like to go and, and look that up and be part of that conversation. Um, I love what you say. I've been saying it for a long time. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. What, what do you mean by that? So, you know, life is messy. You know, there's all kinds of bumps and bruises along the way. And the, the suffering Ooh. is really what goes on inside the head of what we say about these conflicts and these challenges um, and these upsets. And so the thing happened and then it's done. That's the reality. But it's what we continue to say about it on and on and on that we keep that trauma present in the moment. And then that's where we suffer, you know, the self-talk. You know, if something didn't go so well, then you beat yourself up about it over and over. You know, that's really true suffering. Um, so that's, you know, the work is, you know, that's why I felt so guided to share this message of attuning to love. Because when we're attuned to our heart, that suffering diminishes. It may not extinguish altogether for a while, but the more we attune and tune into that heart center energy then it ripples out into our whole body and it relaxes the nervous system, quiets the mind, and then you start to feel better and the suffering diminishes. I absolutely I, I absolutely love that. And there's a there's you're so right that 
a story can be over a long time ago and we can still keep it alive. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that's still talking about their ex, their husband, you know, and that was 30 years ago or, you know, an event that happened in their childhood. I mean, there comes a time that it, it helped describe you, but it doesn't have to define you. And I think what you're saying and what you're telling us is that when we keep bringing it in just like it was yesterday, we're allowing it to define us and right. and limit us, right, and keep us held um, in, in bondage. And, and having that purpose is where... When you know part of your purpose, it's, it's so much easier to, to be selective as to where you put your time and your energy. Mm, and that's, you know, when presence is, when we have our full presence on something, we don't want to have, give it to the suffering part, you know, to something that happened 20 or 30 years ago. And a way to shift that is to, when I wrote my first book, which was for me, to kind of a life review, and I was guided to write about the very things I didn't want anybody to know, you know, to come out of hiding, right? And in that life review, those traumatic times where I might have felt a victim for a while, was to really look at how did it serve me? You know, how truly, not like trying to give it a phony positive spin, but how did that dark time what it what gift came with that and you know in, in an abandonment issue the gift was self-reliance it's like oh i, I learned really learned self-reliance because i had to and mm-hmm. how has that served my whole life i mean amazing as a single mother and these things that i've uh, gone through and many moves and changing careers and going into the unknown having that strong self-reliance was a true gift and that's that's a very natural and organic way to shift out of feeling traumatized or victimized and really feeling more empowered. Wow. I, I love, I loved where you just took us and, and what it, um, what I was thinking about too, is that in time I had to really own the part that I was abandoned by others because it was both and. Some of it happened early on. I didn't feel seen or recognized. But then because I abandoned myself, I continued to recreate that, you know, through different experiences and and, and things like that. Um, but in that, in that space, I love the, the journey aspect that you're talking about is, you know, that you do. You become, you realize that you're, you ultimately you have you, and that self reliance gets uh, quite developed um, within you. I'm I'm loving the way you're languaging things today. So, um, you know, something else comes to mind about that is um, when you said you didn't feel heard, and oh my goodness, that was such a huge, huge um, issue for me as well, not feeling heard. And I think when people replay the old story, the old painful story, and I've coached probably uh, well over a thousand people, and I recognize a pattern that they do that I have done, is that in the mind, it gets stuck on repeating um, a suffering story. And part of that is because we have never felt heard by anyone to deeply listen to our pain. And because so often, you know, we say, oh, don't dwell on it, you know, get over it, move on. Well, that's not how a trauma works. It wants to be seen, recognized, heard, and loved, just like when a child falls down. You know, we don't just say, ah, well, sometimes if it's, if it's a little scrape, hey, you're fine, don't, no worries, I'm a mother, I've been there. But there are sometimes where the fall is really deep, and it's really, and you, you know, the natural thing is you hold that child and reassure them. Well, if we didn't have someone do that for us in our lives, then we can do it for ourselves now. So when that suffering commentary comes up, rather than, you know, the worst thing you can do is criticize yourself. Oh, there you go again. No, love that pain for a moment. Hold it like you would a child that's fallen down. And say, you know, I'm here with you. I understand. I'm sorry you're suffering. And just be present with it. Hear yourself. 
and then it can be released. And that's very different than dwelling on the story and just repeating it, repeating it, without the intention. Here we are with Intention Radio. The intention to bring the suffering back it, for its healing, for being present with it, for being a, a deep listener to that pain, and then, you know, wishing it well as it leaves. That's so powerful because um, I use, I've said a number of times that we... As practitioners, we all want to learn how to be validatorians mm-hmm. because um, we're, if we create a space where people feel validated, that's the biggest part of the healing process often um, for that to occur, of just that, that space, of holding that space and letting someone just be and share and vent and or you know, express or, you know, whatever is so powerful because it's so immensely validating. You know, it just, you can have that total shift in that moment. But it is very interesting that I also would like to highlight, and I want to thank John for your comments and Empowered Publicity and Elizabeth, and um, we're we're seeing those and loving those very much. Um it's very interesting that you and I develop careers where people would want to listen to us. <laughs> so, you know, it's very interesting how it does come full circle. And as I like to say, there's our birth story, what we were born into, and our creation story, what we were exposed to that created you know, the the part of our purpose that our soul is working, that it, it brings us to this unfoldment of our of our of our destiny. You know? Yeah. Um, my mom and I have a good chuckle about that sometimes because I used to say, Yeah, and growing up, I mean it, y'all just thought I was weird and strange and nobody would listen to me and she goes, Well, people listen to you now <laughs> Oh, boy, they do. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I love that, you know. And I have a really quick short story about that. Every, everything is working on our behalf, right, even the, the tough stuff, even the, the really painful things. And when I was in college, I, I roomed with a woman. She was 10 years older than me, a Ph.D. student. And we happened to be watching the news. Something came on, and she said, oh, what do you think about that? And I looked at her like a deer in the headlights, and I was, I guess I was 20 at the time. And she's like, what? It's not a trick question, you know. And I said, no. I just realized no one had ever asked me what I thought about anything in my life. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That was a defining moment, huh? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it blew me away. I'm like... You care what I think? Like, I, I didn't even know how to, I was so blown away that, by the fact she asked me something. I, I was stunned. And she, and so anyway, and, and the, the profundity of that, and now I listen to people for a living. <laughs> and in a really deep, deep way, there is nothing more powerful and healing than meeting someone from your heart. And I mean, really listening. And it's so powerful that when I worked with highly traumatized inner-city youth, um, some of the girls were pulled out of the sex slave industry, and I mean really highly traumatized. Somehow my life path took me that I'm creating a program for them and the, the art of well-being. And you know, people say, well, do you have your, uh, you know, are you a therapist? Are you a you know, licensed uh, psychiatrist, psychologist, et cetera? No, no. I just know how to be with with this mm-hmm. and I don't know how I know but I know and and I did it you know and there was some part of my mind was like oh my goodness what have you <laughs> what have you gotten yourself into but then as soon as I was in the room and I held the space in my heart I knew to do that it all went fine it flowed and they responded And so that's another incredible 
thing in your life to trust, even when your mind doesn't know what the heck you're doing and you're launching into the unknown. Just go into your heart, feel it, and trust it. Is you know, isn't it so funny? It just, it just, um, what you said gave me just a, a little a moment of funny. You know, it's like, are you know, do you have a degree in therapy and do you have your degree in psychiatry and all that? I mean, you know, can you imagine, you know, Jesus walking across the water and they went, "What is your degree in?" <laughs> I love that. Or or somebody's, you know, raised from the dead and they go, do you have your credentials? And, you know, have we, have we checked you out? (laughs) It's like, it's so, it's so ridiculous, isn't it? At times it's just like, it's just, you just, you just, if you're, when you're in this work as a light worker, and that's one thing I want to invite all of you to do specifically is you go to attune to love.com, attune to love.com. Calm, and you're gonna see uh, just from looking at uh, Corinne that she has such light about her. Um, but it it is interesting in this in this kind of work. It's the uh, you have to have a good sense of humor because <laughs> <laughs> and you have that you have that. <laughs> and so uh, our friend Lori is tuning in and saying he had a degree in metaphysical science. No doubt about it, girl. No doubt about it. Um, Corinne, I'm just so um, I'm just so happy for you. I mean, your work is just becoming more and more expansive. It was tremendously successful here at at First Unity Spiritual Campus and a lot of people really um, walked away from, you know, the blessings and everything that, that you brought. Um, tell us more about about your work and, you know, what you're up to. And um, obviously you have a, a wonderful um, book, Poetic Ascension, Attuned to Love. Um, you have things that you can subscribe to, um, staying in harmony with this. Talk about you, girl. Oh, well, in this uh, three-year cocoon before I, uh, th- this fourth year, I put it all together, but it, I was in the, in the cocoon for three years, you know, the what next and where do I go from here, and, and where I was, my heart really said, integrate all of you, integrate your whole life, and, and as that, you will help others do that. So nothing is wasted, you know, all the, the suffering, the joys, the successes, the, the education, um, all of our experiences now can be brought together and loved and assimilated and then put out like pieces of a puzzle that then we put together and it's like, okay, this is a, a new picture, a new, uh, you know, a new chapter of my life. So if anyone feels like they're in that transition of where do I go from here, that's a great thing to do is, you know, write out all of your strengths, write out your experiences, your your tough times and what was the gift from those. and Really just kind of do a life review and turn those pieces over and look at them and then see what picture you feel. And mine was to integrate the art and the, and the healing arts through, you know, the poetry. And then as I wrote that, then it said, okay, now make it move. Make the poems move. So we, we put them to video and music, and people said, oh, your voice is so soothing. I would like to hear you read them, and so I did that. And then I heard these are called poetry with benefits. And so the benefit of not only being a multimedia experience, but also of the underlying attunement to love that, you know, I experienced as I was writing these poems. And so then I had a client who uh, is an entrepreneur in, in the U.K., very, very, very busy. And he said, you know, hey, Corinne, he said, do you have an idea for me of how I can get the benefit of meditating without meditating? <laughs> I, just, I just so love that. I just chuckle about it every time I think of it. And because he, he said every time I sit down and meditate, my mind is just going crazy well. You know, you're going 90 mile an hour, you know, all day long to think you're going to plop down and, you know, clear the mind. He just, it wasn't working for him. And so we worked on, you know, there's you know, 
countless ways to to do that. But one of the things came to me is um, he was so busy he wasn't really into reading either. And I said, well, you may not read a whole chapter, but would you read a poem? He said, yeah, I'd do that. I said, okay, you may not sit down and meditate, but would you li- would you watch a three-minute uplifting, relaxing video? Yeah, I would do that. And so then, okay, so now my practical mind started to feel more comfortable with writing this poetry and going in this direction because I could see some practical application. You know, mm-hmm. when you're busy and you just need a quick hit of upliftment, um, there's a poem here. Or if you want to end your evening, relax your your body and, and nervous system, you can watch one of these little three-minute videos and, ah, you know, just kind of smooth out the edges. And then from there, maybe presentation. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I am now, is using the arts as a form of not only inspiration, but also of healing and attuning to the call of your soul. Well, that, that's part of it. Uh, our friend Elizabeth just said it's impossible to cross the river without getting wet. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I love that. And I, I love um, the dynamic of how you're reaching people through poetry because poetry, to me, is so much more unique than storytelling. Storytelling is a great healer. It's, it's great for the shadow of the healer. Because when we hear storytelling, we automatically, we resonate. That's why it's so masterful since the beginning of time, telling those stories about life and the world and everything else. But it also leads us to images and characters and stuff like that. Whereas poetry is so cool because it brings you to such a place of inner reflection. And it's not a story around a someone necessarily unless it goes on to become a you know a country music song or something more often than not it's just the ability to really reflect and go deeper within yourself so it's i I love that you've taken off with that and inviting people to attune to to the love aspect of who they are it's really cool I'm one of your biggest fans, girl. Oh, I, I still appreciate that. And, and you know, here's a just to kind of illustrate what you just said. One of the first very short little poems that came to me was, "May we know peace, feel it all the way. May we know grace in every breath. May this day let us not get the reason above all the rest for life is love." Wow. Wow. You know? That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And that just goes in deep. It does. It really does. You know, we know these things, but we we forget in the busy of our daily lives. And sometimes we just need those gentle, quick reminders of the, the deep truths, you know, that rock us to our core. I, I love the one on your website, it, it, on your scrolling, your banner. The next time you feel alone, remember, you've been a gift to create without mind-consuming distractions. Mm-hmm. So go on. Get going. Will you? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. And, and you speak to something not only in poetry, but... In, in language that I, I, we have, you know, there's so many people around us and with technology and stuff like that, that um, there's such an avoidance of silence. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go into, well, I don't very, very much. I don't really go to many restaurants. I'm one of those order to pick up or have delivered or create a space when I am with a group of people because I'm if I'm going to be with people I'm seeking intimacy not busy making Mm -hmm. and so um, having said that um, but if you do go to a restaurant have you ever noticed lately how loud and by that no it's not the age I am people no it's not this it's because there's six (laughs) 
There's tele- six televisions playing. You know, they have music playing on top of the television, and one's trying to outvolume the other. And then everybody is screaming and shouting on top of that. And it's just amazing. You know, like, hello? what? So it's something about, you know, you can walk in many people's homes and there's noise coming from five or six directions. It is that silence that invites us to attune to love. Mm. Oh, 100%. I'm with you. I can... I can. It's hard for me just to go any public place that has any noise, and and most of them do, and it, it's kind of just like it, it just burns out my energy system. It just blows it out, you know. And um, so I have to really kind of manage that. And uh, I, I'm with you. That's one of the reasons my husband and I don't go out to eat very often. Is the noise has gotten so intense. And uh, and I said to him, was, was it always like this, or I just wasn't as sensitive back, you know, 20 years ago, or I think it's a little bit reflective of our world, you know, the very noisy uh, kind of way that our world has has uh, gone. And I think, you know, we're reminders, uh, uh, you and I and all the light workers out there, to not fear the quiet silence, but to really embrace it and see that it's juicy and magical and, and scrumptious, and it, it tunes us into our creativity, which is the other piece that... Um, I'm really passionate about is helping people tune into that because, you know, as I know you and Dean last week uh, talked about that a lot of people are stressed out over, there's all kinds of things, whether in our home or in our world, headlines. Um, you know, if people aren't necessarily open to meditation, which I hope, you know, they will find that one. We know there's so many benefits. But in the meantime, creatorship. You know, attuned to mm-hmm. your your creative genius. What what makes your heart sing? You know, and every circumstance of life has an opportunity for creativity. Whether it's problem solving in the office space, it's uh, if you're an organizer and you want to start a business, organizing closets, uh, being a, a dog groomer. Uh, I mean, I mean, really, literally, in every walk of life, there's an opportunity to be a heart led creator where you're creating um, really solutions for the, for the good of all. And I've never met anyone yet who was creating that was miserable, you know? Yes, that's a good point. That's a, that's a very good, good point. And by the way, we're getting feedback from young people like Elizabeth, like really young people. I'm so young, but I mean really young. And saying, oh, yeah, it's too loud for them, too. So I just wanted to. Well, I just wanted to, to clarify that. Well, I think for me, you know, one of the things about the great joys of silence is that space of, of nothing happening is in that moment is a deciding moment of either the moment that I've already had continuing or the opening for the new way that's wanting to emerge. And that's, 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 that spark, uh, that, that spark of that inner enlightenment. Because when that space is, is expansive enough, then there's often something that, that wants to come in if it, it has the place. It's kind of like just in a simple way, you know, likened to someone saying, you know, I don't get many surprises. And you look on their calendar, and there's not one blank spot there. You know, it's like, well, how could the universe surprise you if you wanted a surprise? There's no space for that. And it's so true within our own being, within our own energy field. If we don't have the space for it, that we're not listening to it. We're not, we're not hearing it. So we aren't attuned to it, as our author on our show today would say. We're listening to... Corinne Holt, um, Corinne Holt, and her website is Attune to Love, Energetic Presence. And um, John was writing in and saying that one other thing about Corinne is that she writes poetry that's fun and that really is moving, etc. So, and we're getting some feedback about that too. So, keep writing, Corinne. <laughs> Thank you, and, and, you know, it's, 
I love doing it for the sake of doing it, and even more, I love doing it in service to activating people's creativity, whether it's in the arts or whatever it is they want to create better health, better relationships. Um, I had this great conversation this week with someone who said, because I teach uh, empowered creativity, and she said, yeah, but what if you're not into the arts? And I said, thank you for that clarification, because I use creativity as um, really just the word I use for tuning into the, you know, the pure sparks of desire of your heart. And that could be to start a business or a book club or a community recycling program. I mean, it's literally tuning into your heart and listening to that inner guidance about what do you want to create and share with the world. And when, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be the arts. If we're, imagine if everyone was doing that, they were following the lead of their heart of love, we would have no more conflict in the world. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was kind of going on a journey like, how could one not be into the arts? You know what I mean? It's like, and yet I realized... Yet I realized it was a specific word about, well, I don't paint and I don't do jewelry and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's like life itself is such an art. Um, a constant flow of what's going to go on that empty dry erase every day. And some people are painters determined to paint just exactly. You start out with what you had painted the day before and others understand it's an empty canvas and you're painting on it the new things as they come along. Uh, to me, that is key in what you're talking about. It's a beautiful thing. It is. And that <laughs> empty canvas uh, really relates to what you were saying about loving the quiet space. And I, as a lover of new, when you go into that quiet space, it's, it's always new. Yes. <laughs> it, you, know, you never experience it the same way twice. And so that's the, the kind of the beauty of the quiet. When you like, I get excited about getting into that quiet space because, ooh, what's going to come next? You know, there's uh, and maybe nothing but just pure, you know, pure peace. And and that's not that's not nothing. I mean, that's everything. And uh, so it could be just pure peace and the the mm, the beauty of nothingness and the ease of that. Or it, it maybe it's a new inspiration for something you want to bring in the world. But to me, that that's that silent space that you're you were talking about is it's so rich and exciting that I mean I can't wait to get in there <laughs> and and so those of us who've experienced that you know we get to share that excitement with others and really invite them it's like go on into your own personal paradise you know that's so true and um, Lisa's writing in, and she said nature to her is uh, is a work of art, the beach or the ocean. And I was just thinking that earlier as I was kind of basking in the energy of what Corinne was saying about this artistic essence is that, you know, when you look at the clouds, I mean, you're, you're kind of defining and redefining and seeing them shapeshift into all these forms, you know, right around you. But... Um, where we're, where you're coming from, the deeper part, because I've, I've had the good pleasure of meeting you um, personally, and you're like this forever young, electrifying, um, ecstatic kind of energy. And, and to me, that is a choice. It's a decision to be that. I, too, know that I am that. I made a decision to be that. You know, it's not like... Um, I'm downloading certain TV shows that are teaching me how to do that or a, a program. It's a decision to be fully alive. And when you make a decision to be fully alive, you also eliminate things that are making you fully dead or making you not fully alive. And so you begin to assess that that way of life and what you give your attentiveness to and what you give your energetic feel to at any any given moment. And what I loved when I heard you say that, there's like this anticipated excitement about what is what is coming. And and, and you can do that while at the same time being immersed in a place of where you are. But I was thinking about how 
I am so excited to be married, you know, and there was a chapter in my life that I never thought I would want to be married. I thought same person, you know, forever. Whoa, you know, kind of thing. But I think about now how I can't wait to to be with the person I love because it's like, wonder what I'm, I'm going to learn that's new now. You know, wonder what I'm going to find out that I don't know yet. I hardly know this person. It's been 13 years. What am I going to know? That's a beautiful thing. Mm. Oh, I have so much to say to that. Well, first, I don't know when I've felt more alive, Temple, than when I came to First Unity and spent that Sunday with you. <laughs> Talk oh. about electrifying. Oh, my gosh. You're like, all my chakras just lit up, and I was... Oh, man, it was, it was so thank you for that, I have to say, first and foremost. I I had a hard time just not weeping the whole day. I was just so in good tears, for one. I was so emotional. Wow. And and then hearing you speak in person, I mean, that was just an incredible experience, and I'm so grateful for that. I just wanted to say thank you for that first. And then and secondly, what you said about, you know, this, hmm, Taking the juiciness of the of the quiet space, and then mm-hmm. applying that to your life with your partner, is wow. It, you know, and that's that's part of the beauty of attuning to your heart and your soul, is that when you come out of that space, that sacred space, then you bring that with you into your world, you know, into your home life, and into your work life, and then everything gets better. I mean, as if it couldn't get any better, but it, then it does, right? We're never done. Yes. yes. And that is, there's so much juice and excitement. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is great. How can it get any better than this? And and you, you just really shared, you illustrated that with that, you're, with your partner of 13 years, and, and it's still exciting to see what's new, what's next. Yeah. It's so true. Absolutely so true. So we're we're coming up on like eight minutes, and I don't want to be held by time, but I want to make sure that we we you know have every ta- opportunity that we can to know some of the things that are near and dear to your heart. A reminder: attune to love dot com. Please visit visit the website and know more. That's always a good thing to do. Um, Corinne, what other types of um, you know spaces do you want us to hold with you? Oh, well, there's um, a really really powerful statement that came to me that we've kind of brushed on is everything gets better when you let love lead, and that is the attuning to love. And then I found a quote by Hildegard of Bingen. She was a 12th century mystic, um, a German Benedictine abbess, but she was a poet, an artist, a songwriter, a vocalist, and a real... Um, I wouldn't call her a rebel over time, but a a real um, just powerful, powerful woman of the 12th century. And she said, for wherever soul and body live together in proper agreement, they attain the highest reward of mutual joy. And that, so, it was like the much more eloquent way (laughs) of saying what I said, everything gets better when we let love lead. Because love Mm -hmm. leads, what is love leading? Well, love you know, is our infinite self, our soul, leading our body-mind, our personality-mind. And it's like a dance. And she says when they, the soul and the body live in proper agreement, you know, what, what, what is that? And in my investigation and my experience in writing the poetry was that when you attune to love and you let it lo- when you let it lead you, then the mm-hmm. mind doesn't have to work so hard. It doesn't have to struggle with all the stress because it's now the faithful follower to, you know, love, lead, leadership, and guidance. And that is a beautiful dance. And the suffering that we talked about, you know, from the beginning, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is is optional, is that when the mind lets go and allows the heart to lead, it doesn't have to struggle and suffer because then we're in flow. And then life gets really juicy. You get into that that divine flow of the call of your soul and the call of your heart. Then you are creating what you want to create. You're doing what you want to do. And it feels fun. It feels easy. And it just, and then it radiates out to other people and they catch the wave. And, you know, it just goes and goes. 
Oh, I love that. I, I say a lot on Sundays, um, the more excited I am about my life, the more that life is excited about me. And it's it's really funny because, you know, people will come up and go, God, you know, that's that's like really true. You know, I'm starting to see that all the time. The more things I get excited about, the more things I have to be excited about. And so it's just really cool, you know, that that essence and and everything, because, you know, what what you are saying in underneath all the layers of your conversation is is when you take this step when you take that step what you are receiving is what you have brought with you and when you take the time and the space to attune to love and that energetic presence that's what you see all around you i'm so very grateful uh for your work i definitely i believe in you i'm i'm energized when we're together either physically or on the waves right now i know our guests have truly enjoyed you today What's the last uh, thought or statement or poem that you wanna you wanna read for us today? Mm. Oh wow! Well, one uh, one thing I just want to say before I re- maybe read a little tiny bit of a poem is to remember that when you are a soul led creator, you cannot fail. It's impossible. There's no mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way we would quote unquote fail is if we stopped. Yes. And that's the beauty. So often we hold back because we are afraid of failure. And I just really want to to, to put that out there to to reinforce for people when you're tuned to your heart and you are creating, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. So go go with it. And then a quick thing led by grace. Um, this is a little bit of a poem here. Hold on, I've got to hold the phone here. Okay. So this is this poem is called Led by Grace. Lay your mental striving down gently. Let it be. It's not a necessity. Not the way you've believed. For a moment, soften. Empty the busy from your brain. Turn your pockets wrong side out. Pull out everything. You can go back to it all if you must. After you bathe in the healing waters of trust, go ahead, sink deeper and deeper still until weightless freedom is what you feel. The more you allow a mental shed, the less you suffer pains in your head and in your stomach, neck, and all the rest, symptoms of visits from fears of frequent guests. So I'll stop there because I know we're short on time, but that really gets to it, doesn't it? It does. It goes right to the core of it, no no doubt about it. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's always great to be in your energy field. I'm so happy for the work you're doing in the world. Reminder, everyone, attunetolove.com. Thank you for tuning in. And please forward um, Corin's work by sharing this video with others today or this MP3 file, whichever one in whichever form you're listening. We're so grateful to you, all of you intentional spirits. Create those spaces and allow the essence of silence to emerge the greatness that is within awaiting you with your name on it right here and now. God bless you, everyone, on this amazing journey that we call life. Much love to you, too. Blessings. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
At Metaphysical Wrong 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Sometimes life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, 
and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.